0: Welcome to Healthcare 360. I'm your host, Scott Burgess. Join me in welcoming my guest as we'll discuss the ins and outs of the healthcare landscape and examine what is really happening inside big healthcare. Today's guest had $7 in a bank account, was sick, depressed, and was able to flip the script, and is here at the Healthcare 360 studio to share her story. Meet Shay Robottom, an entrepreneur, influencer, and just all around good people. We'll talk about the influencer trap, how she overcame the victim mindset, and how ayahuasca captured her spiritual growth. We each have a buffet of distractions stopping us from being real, and I truly think Shay's vigorous honesty and her more recent mindset is something to celebrate. Please connect with Shay on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or whatever social platform you use. And you can also find Shay at shayrobottom.com. And as always, thanks for being a part of the best and brightest. Only on Healthcare 360, and I'll, I'll tell you some of the reasons why I pick some of the topics I pick on the on the podcast. Yeah, but when I get.
1: Thank you for having me too. I know you, he said you normally interview doctors and
0: I do that. a lot of doctors and physicians. So, <laughs> no. I am
1: Dr. Shea here to give opinion based facts.
0: Yeah. But outside <laughs> of like your popularity and stuff for that, cause I can give two shits about people's popularity. Cause that's a fraction of your lifespan. It's your story.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: I'm looking for that because I'm looking at where the gaps are yeah, everywhere. Me too. But I'm, I'm looking like here yeah. because if I'm, if I'm looking at women, And I have four daughters and a wife that I care more than anything about. And if they can see what success looks like and when you're at the bottom and you can keep going, that's why you're sitting here. Mm -hmm. I I was like, you get seven bucks in your bank account. Mm -hmm. Go. Yeah. Right. That's right there. I was like, boom, we got to talk about that because that's what puts motivational shit right there. That's like, oh, yeah. And then people's stories is to some people on Lake who just tell the same story over and over. I'm like, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me something new, right? Yes. And when you can't get to that something new, I'm like, eh. you know, there, there's a few people on there and I'm like, hmm, I just stop, I can't follow anymore. It's the same yeah. stuff over right. and over and just right. in a different rendition. Yeah, you know? and there's
1: actually like what I refer to as like an influencer trap. Yeah. Where a lot of these influencers, and they start out having a lot of success because they're, really vulnerable and they're really sharing their story and it's Mm -hmm. all true and it's attracting people to them because it's like magnetic it's raw it's that authenticity that everyone's craving that's why i call it a trap it's like they get a little famous they get this following they get this cloud and they forget to be as vulnerable you know what i mean they stop being as real with their like literally something i'm going through the bigger i get it's like oh my gosh i'm having these darknesses come up and it's like well shay talk about it that's what I always did in the yeah. beginning. I was so raw because in the beginning it's like you feel like you have nothing to lose and you're just kind of, you know, so I think a lot of times people start out being way more raw and honest and then they create this image, they have this brand, they have this following and then they almost like feel kind of stuck like okay, but now I'm this and how do I and they forget it's like no 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 that's why people loved you in the first place. You can be off the wall, you can be unexpected, surprising and just share honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something I'm going through.
0: Let me tell you a little bit about me and what I do. Yeah, let's uh, hear it. On, on the backside. And then why I kind of started this whole thing. Just kind of so you know like a little bit of the You're background. You have a really cool eye color. Oh, it's thanks.
1: like there's like yellow in the middle.
0: Yeah, I don't have an eye color. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. They're the name yeah. for it, but it's more like gray. So sometimes when I'm out in the sun, it's really blue. Yeah. When I'm in the backyard in the shade, it's. No, more, it's like two brownish. colors.
1: I can see like there's like a brown in the middle or like a, a yeah. yellow. <laughs> the the brown are the
0: kind of gray, kind of like a bluish. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's that's cool. so cool.
1: I'm, I'm always looking at people's eye color. So it's so
0: fascinating.
1: <laughs> not I, a lot. You're a rarity, Scott. So
0: when Michelle when I sit down and sometimes you ever seen Twilight? No, actually, the I did not. No. So my wife read all the books. She's a huge fan. Mm. Huge fan. So sometimes when there's sun coming in on a vampire, right? Mm. The sun hits my eye, and she's like, oh, my gosh, my Edward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny
0: because my middle name is Edward, too. What? Yeah, so I, I kind of – I get a check out of that Edward Burgess. Burgess. That's why it's Scott E for the hashtag. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Because so, Scott Scotty. Burgess That's wasn't – Scotty, yeah. yeah, and my grandmother. Scottie! Yeah, Scotty. Yeah, You know? Mm-hmm. So I've been in healthcare for 16-plus years. Uh, actually, I'll show you some of the video – not videos, but some of the ORs that I've designed – let me just pull up my A drive real quick. There we go. So every OR that I've done over that span is here. Uh, we have all of them.
1: Is this an MRI machine?
0: Uh, no, that's an interventional lab. So where they oh. do is There's another one in here. Worked along with the architects, the engineers, and the planners, and all of the hospital administration, and then clinical leadership. And we go in and we design these rooms. So what I do is not just a pretty picture, but when you look at this right here, this is actually the AutoCAD plans. I'm responsible for all of this. Wow. So we'll go in and we'll identify it. You and must
1: have a good level of detail.
0: Yeah. So you have to have a good level of detail on it for sure. And you need to be able to go in there and identify. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters are the CADs. Mm. That's the program uh, that draws that background. Okay, yes, yeah. so that's gotcha. what you call a 2D or an RCP reflective ceiling so plan. You're
1: programming or no, not you.
0: No, we're not coding. I'm actually using CAD. I use eDrawer, okay. and I go in and I'll mark it up. For uh-huh. example, this back here, like this rack. Uh-huh. This rack is the, and this is the different integrative system. And then here, the here's a control room, and then here's where all everything has to be clinically functional. Mm. What happens is all this has to be multi-directional, which means that this server has to communicate with this rack and this control so it displays out here mm-hmm. for the physician. So when they're standing there doing a procedure, they can actually get that all done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shit, I have a ton of knowledge in the OR. Let's talk about it. And, and then we this go. is what
1: you started doing. And then okay. this is what we started doing. So
0: then I came to a realization. I was like, okay, well… How many times do you talk about an OR? Yeah. yeah I was going
1: to ask, like, <laughs> what was your audience? Just super niche.
0: You know, like? it, was, it was. It was a lot of consultants that people mm-hmm. were selling. They were trying to get competitive information, a lot of leadership in hospitals. And, and, but really quickly, it really quickly, it morphed. It moved. And all of a sudden, I was like, you know something? This is bullshit. Actually, to the point where I told myself for the first time, because I'm not a big reader. I'm a big reader of articles and, yeah, and choppy right. information. Not and I'll start perfect. stringing it together. But when it comes down to actual books, no one's written a book on it. I'm going to be wow, the first one who's going to write a book amazing. on it. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, it's a goal. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go write a book on it. I'm okay. going to go do it. That's where this whole thing came about. And then it expanded more and more. And then people would ever listen to it. They're like, shit, that's really, really good. You know Kelly Not. Yes. Okay. She interviewed me. Yeah. Yeah. So I had her on the show a few weeks back, but oh, I had no idea who they were. Kelly yeah. and Justin, I had no idea. Yeah.
1: I didn't know it either. So it was brought to my attention a, by
0: someone. I'm an iPhone guy, but I was an Android guy at first. And my phone was like blowing up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And we had been selected and then nominated as one of the best medical podcasts that were out there. And I was wow. like. So wow. And like, how long? I just released five weeks earlier.
1: And you were already top, top, yeah. Because of the,
0: the level of information and detail that we That's had done. That's amazing. Which was really cool. That's... Thank you for making the trip all the way from Miami. It's not that far, but it's still, it's an effort. So I appreciate that yeah, very, yeah, very much. Yeah, What I want to bring to the table uh, for the people and the listeners and the audience of Healthcare 360 is your story. Your story is unique. The thing that struck a chord with me the most is I had, I'm actually now really conscious of my violent language, mm-hmm. my non intended violent language, like you, and I've seen you some of your journey with, um, you know, with a life coach and what you've been going through. Michelle and I have also been going to uh, see someone who's been helping us mm-hmm. and just kind of like lining shit back up that. after guess, 35 years, yes. 40 years of bad wiring. Mm-hmm. When I heard the story that you literally were almost out of money, $7 in the bank account. You fought your way back in. You used simple tactics. You just put yourself out there. What really was awesome was you like, look, you want to talk shit about me? Here it is. I'm gonna do it first. Mm-hmm. And you gave him the middle finger when you were done. That was the best <laughs> yeah. right there. So when I sat there and I saw that whole story, and I looked at those those details, I'm like, you know, some I have some questions for Shay. What were you thinking at your lowest point?
1: Um, because
0: <laughs> there are a lot of people at the lowest point right now. Yeah. How did you dig yourself out?
1: Well, I would say that I gave up in a sense. I felt uh, an extreme, overwhelming feeling of hopelessness, helplessness, that life was very pointless. You know, I didn't see the point in living. I felt like things kept conspiring against me. I had really bad health problems, which we can talk about. You know, I had really bad asthma at that time in my life. Um, I was sick all the time, mentally and physically. And I did want to kill myself. I never attempted suicide, but I would think about it. I would think about it a lot. So when you say what was going through my head at my lowest moment, I would, yeah. I mean, You're like, was, what's the point? Exactly. Just get rid of it. It's just like no um, faith in God, no faith in the universe. That like all of this is here to teach me something. You know, I didn't have... That perspective, yet I was totally operating from a victim mindset, but I started to figure some things out. You know, I would say the turning point for me was when I finally changed from wanting to be right, which a lot of humans suffer from, just that righteousness, from wanting to be right to being open to being wrong. And that is how I broke my victim mentality. I actually had a partner at the time who was calling me out a lot on, like, hey, you know, You're struggling to take responsibility for, like, anything. Like, you don't want to be responsible for anything. You're playing the victim. But I was so miserable, and I was operating from that place where I really was a victim. You know, I really did have a lot of baggage and things from my childhood that I had repressed, that I'd never dealt with. And we think that we can just repress them and they'll go away, but they don't go away, right? Right, They come up. They
0: find a different way to manifest themselves or reveal themselves, right?
1: Exactly. And for me, that was just in being miserable in my day-to-day life and feeling helpless and feeling like i couldn't take responsibility for anything. So i denied it. You know, i denied it for the longest time like, no, i'm not a victim. No, i can take responsibility. It's just this really wasn't my fault, you know. <laughs> I finally just
0: But the problem with that too is that you need to believe it, not just say it.
1: Yeah. Right. Which is
0: really hard because it's really easy to say and and kind of think, "Well, sure, of course i believe mm-hmm.
1: it." Right, you have to be conscious. You have to be really, yeah. really self-aware. It's about rigorous honesty and a lot of people can't get to the point where they're so honest with themselves and Mm -hmm. their darkness and their shortcomings because they feel ashamed. They feel ashamed to go down that route. They don't even want to see it. They're not even willing to look at it.
0: It's funny you you bring that up. We had uh, Jocelyn Silva on, and we were talking about gender identity, health, and sex topics. Mm. And she used that word shame. Of course, I know what the word means, and I've Mm. heard it before, but I never really identified with it before. And I was like, stop every Jason Ross on a few weeks after that, he brought up the same thing when we were talking about this psychoanalysis. Wait a minute, stop. And this word kept coming back up. I never really knew how big of an idea and thought and negative impact that one word Mm. in emotion had on people. It was unbelievable.
1: Yes. And it's so funny you bring that (laughs) up. That's the normal reaction that I get from people. They're like, shame. What's the big deal with shame? Like, yeah, I know what shame means. I know this and that. I studied it a lot because uh, I come from narcissistic parents who I heard that you know, one too. A, they call it shame-based parenting. Mm-hmm. It's actually really common.
0: Where you from originally?
1: I'm from Wisconsin. I grew up okay. in
0: Milwaukee.
1: So just to back up, when you asked me, you know, how I got out of it, how I ended up conquering and starting to climb out of that dark place, finally. It was because I was willing to look at myself. It was because I was willing to feel the shame that so many Mm -hmm. humans aren't willing to feel. And so I just owned it. I said, you know what? You're right. (laughs) I have an issue taking responsibility for things. I can see my victim mentality. I just started to see it. I started to own it in myself. And I didn't want to be like that. I was like, shit, you know, like I've got work to do. Like, what the heck? But I had tried a lot. You know, I had been in traditional talk therapy for years. I had read books about narcissism, the family, you know, all these things. And I was like, I really just think I'm not locating the source of this wound. And I'm What not.
0: was the source?
1: A lot of abuse from my childhood. Things that I haven't opened up about yet, I will eventually. I will mm. share my story. I plan to write a book, but. I
0: told you I thought about this interaction. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I knew I might. No,
1: but I, but I will tell you what I did do. What I did do to start to go down the rabbit hole of healing When I started to own my shame, and when I decided, okay, I can see it in myself now, I really struggle to take responsibility for things. I don't want to be like that. I don't, I want to be a leader. You know, I want to be something in this world. I know in order to do that, I'm going to have to get through this. But I didn't know where else to turn. And I had recently met someone who had connected me with a shaman, somebody who facilitates plant medicines. Did
0: you use ayahuasca?
1: I did. I went and I tried ayahuasca. I can't wait. <laughs> it, it's different for everybody, sure. so I can't sit here and tell you what your experience. Is Sting be, said it
0: like this: Sting said that if you use DMT ayahuasca with the intent purposes and in search, you will have what he believes is a typical positive result. Yeah. If you're using it to get fucked up and high, no. You're going to have a bad trip.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's That's the tragedy of them not... You know eating. the
0: CIA has been using DMT and using experimentation in them since the 1950s, right?
1: I did not, but yeah. am, I'm never surprised about the things that I don't know that's <laughs> going on in the world. Yeah. And in the government We've known race. about the
0: psychoanalytics and the positive and negative effects uh, with DMT specifically mm. since World War II.
1: I mean, I really do think that if these plants were legalized and used in a medicinal setting in a respected way like you mentioned before not oh i want to get high i want right. i want to escape my problems you're gonna have quite the experience if you go into plant medicines trying to escape your problems and yeah. get high yeah. they are there to show you your problems they're there to show you what you've already been escaping for so long It's almost like a shortcut to just like a massive dose of increased consciousness, plant medicines, because there are people who are scared. There are people who are like, I'm not willing to do that. I don't want to feel out of control.
0: Did you travel to go and have someone guide you through it?
1: I did. I went to a a secured place with a really trained group of people. My intention was actually, why am I such a victim? That was, you know, you set your intentions at the beginning. It's very ceremonial. It's very respected. You know, everyone has boundaries. You don't touch anyone. You lay in your bed with your blindfold. This isn't a social gathering. Yeah, right. You go inward. You work on your your own shit. And mine was... I want to understand why I feel like such a victim. Why am I not taking responsibility things? Like, why? You know, like, I I just, I I started to recognize it was there, but I couldn't stop it. It was still there. So that was my intention with ayahuasca and what was presented to me. And this is actually really common with plant medicines, not for everyone, but it can happen where repressed memories come up. And when I talk about (laughs) repressed memories, I mean... They're gone from the psyche for so long in your life. This typically happens in childhood. As an adult, you can't really repress anything. You can suppress things with like, oh, i want to pretend that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to pretend he didn't say that to me. I'm going to go drink about The it. left side to-
0: of your brain has yeah, a good job of suppressing yeah. that, as right? A,
1: but as a child, when children endure abuse, and especially if it's abuse at the hands of family members that they trust and mm-hmm. kind of take care of them, they're very likely to repress it because you can't, as a child, simultaneously believe that these people that are in charge of you are dangerous and unsafe and unloving and believe that they're safe loving and all the things like a kid needs to believe to survive you're you're just in survival mode oh, right. somebody somebody recently said to me about childhood he said you know it's really a hostage situation shade it's it's messed up right we always want to believe like oh childhood kids play and it's beautiful in the environment where you're with adults who haven't worked on resolving their own traumas and their own they're just going to project that on you.
0: And I'm working on now, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I used to say, I don't say it anymore, you should be seen and not heard. That's mm-hmm. what I was told. Mm-hmm. The person that we go see, he's like, look, everyone just wants to be seen, felt, and loved. Right. That's it. Yeah, and true. so I remember, like, even this last night, our youngest, which I was telling you about, I was like, hey, I'm like, you would be seen and heard a little bit. Like, we didn't give you a voice, but you need to be, because one of the things she was doing that it was, I can tell it was triggering uh, my wife and I always tell everyone, I go, look, I tell my girls this too. I go, look, your mother came first and then you, mm. if our marriage, if our relationship yeah, is poor, is then it's going to trickle down yeah, to you. So wow. you need that. I love that you're saying that. Yeah. Like,
1: I feel like so few people get that. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Your spouse, that relationship is the most important. Yep. Kids what are, are you gonna doing? Grow up and leave. You, know, right. you have a life beyond that. And I think it's really good that you're there. To wrap up, I essentially, I took the leap and I did ayahuasca. I was so depressed. I was, I'd hit rock bottom at that point in my life that I was no longer. How old were you? This was not long ago. This was, I was 26. Okay. A little over a year ago, but it just, it catapulted my spiritual growth. I had kind of been figuring things out. I'd seen a therapist. I had, you know, read some books, but I was moving at a very slow pace. Ayahuasca, like I said, it's like a shortcut to healing because I finally remembered what happened to me as a child.
0: Let me jump in with here with this. Yeah. Are you a hyperactive brain where you you cannot just shut it down for a moment?
1: Exactly. But it's a defense mechanism yeah. that I formed as a child to distract myself from all the nasty things that were going on in my reality. Th-
0: that's one of the reasons why I even approached it as a possibility yeah. was because I'm always thinking in the background. Yeah. Like yeah. I would sit there in a room... I'll just go to my profession, for example, as a consultant inside hospitals. I'll see 12 people in a room and I will listen to the audio, meaning the person who's either presenting or having the discussion, and I will look at every single person. I can identify with what they're tweaking their ears on, on what topic point, write it down so I know what's in it for them on every different topic point, over 12 different people. So when I went back to the ayahuasca conversation, I said how the fuck do you turn your head off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, because we'll it could, it is going
1: with that intention. <laughs> and see what happens. Right. It's, I mean, it is for me, it was just like, it was just that one weekend. It was a, it was like a full weekend ceremony. So I did like ayahuasca Friday night, San Pedro, which is another uh, plant from the Amazon, uh, San Pedro, Saturday morning. ayah again, Saturday night and San Pedro Sunday morning. So it was like a whole weekend. retreat. How long you did it last? The Aya. Yeah. I mean, eight hours? Okay. Eight hours, yeah. It was like really intense. It was like a very, uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was repressing things. So when they finally came up, it was like, woo, I screamed uncontrollably. Like I couldn't stop screaming. Like I was literally. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. Do you remember all that? I remember it. Yeah. It was just very, um, I surrendered to the medicine. You know, that's the key thing. Like you said before, if you go in trying to control it, trying to be like, I'm going to have a fun high, that's yeah. not what these plants are for. You have to surrender, lay on your back, close your eyes, and just what spirit, you know, what are you trying to show me? That's exactly what I did. And it was it was really painful and ugly because it was a lot from my family that I had repressed. But the beautiful thing, I finally began to heal. I finally... Understood why I felt like such a victim, why I had this issue taking responsibility for things, why I had attracted narcissistic partners over and over. You know, it was there's a lot of my behaviors throughout the years, like in my own toxicity made so much sense. It was like I finally had a starting point for healing. And I've been on this spiritual journey for over a year since. And it's just been amazing. It's, it's completely changed my life. I do not feel depressed whatsoever anymore, which is also funny because on LinkedIn, that was a a big
0: thing. I remember you talked, that was the turning point for you on the content and then how people were engaging with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people knew me from LinkedIn as like, oh, this girl has depression. She's talking about, I don't identify with that at all anymore. I haven't thought about suicide.
0: So you pulled Um, the Will Smith then. You heard a Will Smith interview? No. So they always talk about, because his big start was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And when they look at him, they still see the fresh prints. Uh-huh. And he's like, look, I can appreciate that. And yeah, that's how we got started. But I am so far past mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, it's funny because every time I talk on the mic, I know Michelle's heard these stories 40, 50 times uh-huh. over. because I, just, I love the stories because yeah. they mean something to me. But I remember when we first started the Functional Neuropath, before I even left, I was like, whew, I was like, holy shit, what is going on? I had no idea, and these—I'm talking like I'm built like a shipwreck house. I'm six four, I'm two hundred and twenty pounds. When people look at me, they get a little, before I start smiling. Of course, <laughs> yeah. people get intimidating, right? Hearing <laughs> him bawling, oh good, uh, oh, and amazing. and I'm like I'm, yeah. my body is literally shaking at this mm-hmm. point, right, out of joy and terror and everything mixed. Before I left, I said my wife has got to come here because I I know her. As well, she knows herself. Yeah. Hey, I went to go see this guy. Really cool. You love it. Kept it like this really short, stupid, and simple. She's always a little bit, oh, not now. She always was a little bit resistant yeah. in the beginning. So she's, she's seeing that whole thing. I actually told her the other day, when I meditate, just imagine strings and electric bolts come out of your brain, all these different ideas and mm-hmm. thoughts and yeah. patterns. And for me, I'm like, usually I usually have a piece of paper right here with a pen. and I write down all day, and that's my task list. You're sitting there trying to meditate and find your inner self and calm down. And how do you yes. shut that up? So we started talking about the ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. So the other day I said, am wow. I well, going to go for an ayahuasca thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she was like, what, yeah. what? And I was like, yeah, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And that's the, the saddest thing about society is like, we need to start getting real with how unreal we've been. I mean, it's fake. The world is made up. These uh, societal norms, these masks we all wear. You get to the core of any, pretty much any average human being in the in the USA, any average citizen, they've got shit. They've got yeah. a ton of shit they're hanging on to that they're not worked on. And we create this world, this buffet of distractions to keep them from working on That's a it. nice so, way of describing it. Yeah, it's a it's buffet, buffet of distractions. It's social media, it's food, it's clubbing, it's what whatever. But I think that we're really starting to now with everything that's happening, people are starting to realize how – toxic it is like hey we need to start getting real with ourselves and these people who seemingly have it all together i got a good job i make good money i'm a i'm a doer i'm an achiever right i have Mm -hmm. this uh, plaque on the wall maybe you have all these awards like that's also just another form of avoiding yourself in in many cases you know so a lot of these professionals i come across you know you'd be surprised it's like on the surface it seems like they have everything together but you just don't realize how much everyone is hanging on to starting to be honest with ourselves Rigorous honesty, you know, owning the shame and that what you said about meditation and why people struggle to meditate and be in the moment. It's because when you meditate and you clear out all the noise and all the distractions and you're truly just sitting with yourself, you have to be with yourself, like a real self, the self deep down that you feel shameful of. That's why people can't do it. They're like, no, oh, I just, I want to go back to my regular day where I'm distracting myself constantly because to sit in meditation is it's painful hard. for a lot of people. Yeah. They have to start facing. A lot of people start to have tears come up. They'll cry. You go to one breathwork class, you'll see people just erupting in tears, like holding on to all this grief. It's like, how are, how are we operating? But we are, we're all operating in society holding on to all these things. And that's why there's so much dysfunction, violence, divorce, you know, yep. people that just don't know how to be people
0: my first time and going back and seeing my inner child scary stuff scary <laughs> shit right oh i was God, i was God. like wait a minute you want me to do what i They're like we'll I... go back and imagine i remember telling a story and, and you
1: grew up in boston
0: born and raised okay, boston okay, okay. so I'm, I'm talking so let me describe that for a moment just so everyone kind of get an idea my grandparents were the cornerstone just the, the keystone of our family my grandfather is revered. My grandmother is revered. My grandmother would be like, earn your key. You had to work for that woman, mm-hmm. right? But, she, I mean, she, she was tough as nails. And it was, not that it was reversed, but my grandfather just had a heart of gold. There's so many positive memories. Mm-hmm. Inverse of that, there's a lot of fucked up stuff that happened, too. I saw something, and all goes back to my father. My father was, you know, an alcoholic. I'm actually very comfortable saying these things. Is he a liar? Lot- no, he passed away. He passed away from cancer 3 years ago, yeah. 4 years ago now. And uh, Michelle, she's like, do you want to leave that in or not? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. I don't know if if she's mm-hmm. completely okay with that yet because she still she wants to make sure that it's in the right context. Right. Right? More than anything else. It's not she's not afraid, but it's just how is it going to be? Mm-hmm. And she really is because for me, I'm like, I don't give a shit, right? You know, and then
1: that's the attitude I think more people need to have. Yeah, because of the shame and the secrecy that kind of keeps us all holding on to these. Movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes from family. It's within the family. Like all these families out and about like, yep. putting on this show, but when you go behind any given closed door, like these families have a lot of issues. So it actually starts with like your family conditioning you to not expose any of the, the shame, the shame the of it, yeah, family yep. secrets. I think it's bullshit. You know, I really do. I I just think if we all came out and said the honest truth about our family, about what we grew up in, about what we were dealing with, we would heal a lot quicker because, A, we'd realize that we're not alone Mm -hmm. so we feel better about starting to work on our own demons and then the things that happened to us in the past but also it would just become so obvious that like this needs to be the priority of humanity we're all suffering from this this is not just like a fluke they say oh that guy oh he grew up with alcoholics and he was abused like that's rare like that's like pretty common it's pretty common and even if you won't weren't overtly abused like you weren't hit You weren't uh, verbally abused, but it can be psychological. It can be very emotional. You know how
0: powerful three-second is.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I'm so happy you said that because that's also a lot of what I've learned in my studies of narcissistic families and narcissistic parenting. A lot of times, it's nothing overt. A lot of times, it's not hitting. It's not sexual abuse. It's not verbal abuse. It's what you just said. It's that look. It's that Mm -hmm. shame that you put onto a child for being a child, you know, but it's your shame as the parent, because you haven't worked on yourself. So you're projecting and you start to slowly kill your own child's soul and spirit through shame based parenting, which is actually kind of the norm. It's like every we don't see it because it's so normalized, you know, fit in. Oh, why are you feeling sad? Don't feel sad. Don't, you know, it's like we started a young age telling the kids how to feel. yeah, And then all of that realness in them what whatever is really coming up the anger the shame gets like pushed down because they feel like they have to be a certain way to please mommy and daddy and then after mommy and daddy it's husband wife boss go out into the world just keep wearing that mask Mm -hmm. because that mask is how you survive in the current society
0: yeah what is kind of iconic that you said that considering the environment today
1: Ah, I know, right? <laughs> right? I've been thinking about like writing a poem about that, like playing into that, like the mask. We've already been wearing masks, and right. like, we're wearing masks.
0: Or, or are we, masks. we in the matrix with the, or a simulation now? Oh, w- one now. of my things was when I was a kid, and I went back. I, I saw myself as it was somewhere between four to seven years old. I was told I was four when I did like, it. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Another
1: the thing they usually say it's before age seven, like all yeah. the important programming. So that makes yeah. like, sense. You were only four. That's.
0: And I sat there and I, I witnessed something and he says, and it was guided, uh-huh. uh, whether an ayahuasca it was just right. regular state of mind. And I physically could see and feel myself. And I took a knee as myself. So this big guy walking into a room to a four-year-old little boy. And I said, Hey man, I was like everything's going to be okay. Mm. Don't worry. Ooh, I love that. And yes. it was like right there. It was like, Boom. I'm talking. It was just. You cried. Oh yeah, okay. I mean, but it wasn't like I was bawling. It was just like uncontrollable, mm-hmm. just nerves and, and tension. Isn't that Crazy. Yeah, and it then was how weird. You didn't
1: even know maybe
0: like the day but be- before. But like- before that, if I had thought about that scenario, just being there, okay, I, I-, I couldn't even speak. I'd get all welled up. I, I was. I get tightened up in the chest. Mm-hmm. You-, you shut down yeah. the fourth chakra type, right? Well, oh. it was closed Which off. Was the, the heart. Hard. Yeah, okay, okay. and he's talking about chakras. I like this. Yeah, yeah. It's getting real now. So, and then after that, when I think about it, I'm like, whatever. So now, not that I'm looking for shit, but I, I've been redirected a bunch of times of saying, don't go looking for a problem because there's always be a problem. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying this uh, numerous times. I'm like, look, man, I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, there's way more to me than what I have in front of me. I'm telling you. Yes.
1: That is a great place to be as
0: well. And he says, you know you're worthy. You know you are loved. The last bit is the spiritual, the constant connection with the spiritual Mm -hmm. that you're lacking still. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I think it was like, look, you know, on the spiritual level, like inside he can see, he can connect. Mm -hmm. Like everyone hopes and wishes they can do it, Mm -hmm. which is going back to the ayahuasca. I was like, well, how do you shut off the brain? How do, you, how do you get there? And do a little reading, watch a little video. I really look forward, if it's at least just one time, to go with that intention to break it down because all I can know is that you know if you have a good heart or not in general. I know I have a really good heart. I know my wife has an amazing heart. And that bond right there to our children is going to just break everything wide open. And I'm going to be unstoppable when it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's the projection. Then I go back and I go, but do you really need to do that? What, what's, what's the one kink? If, if there's the kink. So I go looking all the time. I'm like, when I meditate in the morning, I'm like, you know, is there a kink somewhere? Do I really need that? And so I, I'll challenge myself. And I, everyone has ebbs and flows, and you're looking for it. And that's where I constantly find myself, whether they see or you're stopping on a particle or not. So I went from uh, some of the meditating with guided music, not not words, just music, I find I do a little bit better with that. Yeah, that's better. But silence also works. Yeah. Make sure I don't want to fall asleep. <laughs>
1: I, I love it. And I commend you for the work you've done. I want to touch on a key thing that you brought up in yeah, that, go which it. was that you said you talked to the child self that I you did. remembered in the moment and you told him it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So you were essentially parenting yourself, reparenting yourself to going back to the Maybe the moment where you first had the trauma. It,
0: it was the moment when the shit went down.
1: Yeah. Like going back, if you can go back and as your adult self, like rescue your child self, be the parent that you needed. This is a practice and an exercise I'm also going through.
0: Okay.
1: I had a therapist tell me once, which really supported me because I was like, you know, I was starting to remember everything, like how bad my childhood really was. I was saying to her, like, just how, like, how can my parents do this? I don't understand how two people, like, how, you know, and she said, you know, she said, it's always stuck with me. She said, your parents were five year olds. (laughs) She said, imagine five year olds raising five year olds. Right, right. Like, really put it in perspective. I'm like, that's so true. Like, they never grew up, they never worked on their own stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's been a spiritual practice for me is to be with the little, Shay little Shannon because my real name is Shannon. Yep. actually. So that's a, I use my real name, but I'll just go. back. That's my niece's
0: name, by the way. Aww, yeah. yeah, it's a
1: good name. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. So <laughs> so I'll go back and I'll just remember how I felt as a child. And it can be really hard. I want to avoid those feelings I noticed still and I want to pull away and distract myself and go. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, when you don't honor that little child in you that's really been probably crying out under the surface for years, when you don't honor that child, you just perpetuate the same abuse that happened to you as a kid over and over again. You're essentially saying, you don't matter. You're not important. I'm not going to listen to you. Right. So to develop a practice where you're like able to talk to yourself, just like you said, like, okay, what's going on little Shannon? Why are you scared? Why are you sad? It's okay. It's going to be okay. And then be that parent mm-hmm. that you didn't have and, and let the child know that it's not their fault. They're not shameful. You know, it's just things happen and we have to help each other through them. But we, what did you
0: tell yourself?
1: That I was perfect. This is not, like, in an egotistical, no, I narcissistic it. yeah. way. It's just, like, children are perfect. Children are born pure, whole, and it's society and it's the way we parent them that uh, leads them to believe that they are not only not, not perfect, whole, and complete as they are, but that they should actually be ashamed of who they really are. You know, it, it's really upside down what happens to a lot of these kids. So I just go back and I tell myself... You were a great kid. Your parents were sick. You know, that's the big thing I just say is like, look, mommy and daddy are sick. I'm sorry that you're going through this right now, but you are safe now. And then that's a big thing for me is bring it Yeah, we did that moment. too. It is safe to be present. It is safe to feel these uncomfortable feelings now, because that's where repression comes from. It's not safe as a little kid to feel all the horrible feelings you're feeling when you're being abused, so you repress it. Your
0: last post you just put on when you were in New Jersey about kids just playing and just Uh, having fun.
1: Isn't that great? Yeah, I was talking about homeschooling, how, hey, maybe this is the way it should be, given the current school system. Right. Which is another topic. A whole whole (laughs) other podcast, actually. But yeah, in, in short, I just give her a lot of compassion, like a lot of compassion. Pour love into that childhood self. Just pour as much love as you can.
0: You're sitting here today.
1: I, I am. A I year, A I'm... year
0: ago, you went through this journey. Ooh, you yes. look back. If you were to tell yourself a year ago, oh my God. <laughs> you, you, you spoke to your inner child. But what about your, your child adult? Mm. So if you, if you were to go back a year, what would you tell yourself now?
1: If I would go talk to myself a year ago, oh my gosh, I was going through a really rough time because I had, you know, just had this ayahuasca journey. I just remembered everything that happened to me. I would just tell her that everything's going to be okay. Keep going. I know it seems like things are getting worse, which can happen when you go down the path of healing. It can actually feel like your life is falling apart even more the only way out is through right breakdown breakthrough and a year ago i was in that like breakdown phase
0: that's um, an oir song by the way is it i go through oh, yeah i love them yeah. yeah
1: i still had doubt a year ago i still had doubt of like what is going on how am i going to get through this what is my life and it's so funny because i ended up meeting a woman who was actually recommended to me by the shaman because i called the shaman i said you know i'm struggling to integrate this is so heavy what do i do i just moved to miami I don't like know anyone down here. I just feel lonely, you know. And he was like, "Well, I know a girl that I think you would be friends with. Like, you'd get along great." So he introduces me to this woman. She meets me for coffee. She's hearing all my shit, hearing all my shit, all my ah. What do I do? You know, I'm like, I'm just trying to figure it out. And she says to me, "You know, I just can't wait to see you one year from now." Oh, really? Yes. She like planted <laughs> that scene in my head. She said, "I can't wait to see you one year from now," and I. I remember thinking just her saying that in that moment, like relieved some of it. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. A year from now. Like I like, okay. I I I can get a lot done in a year. I've done it before. Like I can see like a a year, you know, instead of just like sulking in that moment, I Mm -hmm. can see. And it's so funny because actually she was the one who introduced me to Dominic, my life coach. So it was a, a divine timing that I met this woman and she heard all my stuff. And then she told me that, Wait till you see yourself in a year. And she introduced me to Dom, who's helped me a lot. She's right. It, that like literally was, we're coming up on a year from uh, when I had that meeting with her. And I'm like, wow, I've yeah. not had, I'm so happy. All my depression's gone. All my health problems gone. Isn't you know, that funny
0: how they've kind of linked together the health and yeah, depression and stuff? And business, like, I'm right? I'm literally
1: making more money. I don't even have any partners anymore. I had partners in the past because I felt so codependent. That was again my wound. Now I'm finally just free. I have my own business and I'm making more money than I ever even made with, with partners, but it's because of the personal work. It's because of the spiritual work. Yeah. So that, that's been a big eye opener for me too. I was always like clinging to money. Like, no, I can't, I can't leave these investors and these partners. And it's cause I want money. I want money. I want money. When you let go of that, I just say like, I don't even care if I have to waitress again. Like, seriously, I just don't even care if I'm broke again. Something's got to give. These people I'm around are toxic. I I know I feel like I need them right now, but, like, I just rather be happy and broke. I'm done. And then, oh, you do the, That's work. the money. That's fascinating. the that. money shows up, right? The money shows up. So it's been a really validating journey for me as well.
0: Actually, the, the latest release with um, a few of the people that were just on. They talk about America being like the jammy jam of innovation and healthcare. That's so far from the fucking truth. It's oh. it's bogus. We are so far you know, behind.
1: doing really good job of making it a profitable business. Oh, without
0: no doubt. That's, right. Yeah. And that's also said in there the as well. Of What's the measure? I literally confirmed this morning. I was like, here's where healthcare is going. They go, yeah.
1: And where is it
0: going? At large, it's going to be in your pocket. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, that that's where it's all going because there's no substantial way to maintain the cost. Right now, I, I actually do believe this is not a conspiracy theory. There is a conspiracy theory about this, but yeah. I, I don't believe it, it, everything's currency is going to be gone. There is going to be no more like hard cash anymore. It's all going to be in digital cash. How often do you pay with a credit card? When's the last time you pay with cash? Most people do it probably maybe 5% of the time.
1: I I really only get cash when I absolutely need it. Right.
0: But some of the more thriving businesses that are out there are still using cash only. You know, six plus billion people in the world, there are close to 2.2 to 2.3 billion people who are outside of the financial network who have all this liquid. Part of going digital and digital currency is if that's the only medium that there is for transactions then they have to be part of the system right so now all of a sudden now you definitely recoup that 2.3 billion people who are outside of that financial currency and, and network so when you go back to the healthcare side of things as long as you have a payment system tied to it which is why it's dictating slow adoption that's where it's all going so if you have a Virtual doctor in your pocket, payment, payment, Mm. payment.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: And with less infrastructure.
1: That's interesting about, I didn't know that you were going to go there with a a medical question. But but even just about the idea of a cashless society Mm -hmm. and the the dangers that that can become. Like, where are you on that? What do you think about these people who say, well, if we get rid of cash, we risk giving over total control because if everything is digital, they can just turn off bank accounts or freeze assets.
0: What do you think they do now? They're in war. Yeah. Right? Right. They they put a freeze. Yeah. When I think about that question, and I don't know why it's come up more and more and more, but you ever seen the movie Time? Justin Timberlake was in it.
1: I love that movie. Right? That's what I feel like is happening. That's exactly what's happening. And then there's those super rich people that they... Who have limitless time. Ah. Right? So good. Isn't that freaky to think about? Have you seen Black Mirror?
0: Yeah, it, actually, it's
1: almost like time was like pre Black Mirror, but right. it's like a it's like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah.
0: Black Mirror is some of the episodes are really just banged up. Some, yeah. yeah.
1: But it's also showing us sort of dystopian possibility with where we could head given the amount of technology we actually have now. There's an episode where they rate the citizens.
0: Oh There's yeah, yeah, yeah. Scores. They're doing that in China, in China right now. Oh, wow. Right now they're doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where do you think they got the idea from? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. The, so these awesome. ideas are introduced to us as new concepts and new ideas because mm-hmm. they try to censor mm-hmm. the power I'm of… They're
1: trying to get us used to it, maybe. They're trying to
0: desensitize us. Desensitize us, Yeah. Right? There's like, one that you need to watch. I say this very true to the sense of the phrase that's going to follow it, uh-huh. is watch us completely with an open mind. It's on YouTube if you watch Out of the oh, Shadows. I, did. I saw it, yeah. I'm going to give you the 3 second pause.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean it how goes, fucked up was that? It goes into the links between the government and the media in Hollywood, not just media like the, and the CIA. Yeah, and it, it makes sense because you know it's so funny. Even 10 years ago when I, you
0: watch that show, that movie Out of Shadows. Yeah.
1: I watched it What as soon as it came out on YouTube. On YouTube. Well, it wasn't trending on YouTube, even though it was like going viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some, yeah one of my friends sent me the link. And I don't, I've, I've always been very weary about anything that comes out of the mainstream or the government even because, and I don't mean this to be like disrespectful to people who are in office, who are genuinely trying to make the world a better place. But it's like, you know, I just look around. Okay, we got obesity. We got depression. We got women, very toxic, low self-esteem, men, completely emasculated poverty, violence, the people in charge would not allow. But does
0: racism still in? exist?
1: And it still exists and it's not being addressed. And it's like, you have to just look at the reality of these people. There's a, there's a group of people at the tippy top of the pyramid who are capitalizing on pain yeah. and who are, they've created a whole system that's dependent on us being weak, disempowered and dependent on us feeling divided mm-hmm. and feeling separate from one another, which is this whole like Democrat, Republican, black, white, you know, all of these, all, all of these battles. Yeah. I mean, it just keeps us distracted. So I've always been very, very weary about anything that comes from the government because, you know, even like war, for example, like war is a business. I think that's a perspective. A lot of people just, it makes them so uncomfortable to think like, oh, well, my son went and fought in a war just so some corporations and, right. and federal banks could make more money. It's like, people don't want to look at it because it's so uncomfortable it's what i said before about meditation and looking at yourself it's uncomfortable and i'm not saying i like believe every conspiracy out there or go down the rabbit hole i don't all i know is what i see in my reality which is society has a whole heap of problems health issues have been steadily rising over the decades like one in two kids has a chronic illness now and you're telling me that they care about our health you know it's just common sense i just put the dots together and that documentary out of Shadows did a really good job at connecting the dots mm-hmm. between no, guys. There's Operation <clears throat> Mockingbird. And like, these are really real things that you can go back and reference to prove that the government controls the media outlets and they control Hollywood, which I had a gut feeling about because when I was in high school, this is back when I still went to the movie theater, yeah, yeah. I don't really go to the movie theater, but <laughs> in high school, in high school, I would go to the movie You theater.
0: pay for it on your phone.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah right? That's right. It was Pineapple Express was one of the ones I, I think- uh, some movies, some some comedy that like I just went to the movies. I want to go see a comedy, yay! But it was so violent. There was mm-hmm. so much like blood toward the end, and like shooting, and like people's arms falling off. But they were like making light, like jokes it. like it was funny. And I just remember thinking, like, this is weird. And then Out of Shadows actually like really broke down. There are things happened. I yeah. can't
0: I can't watch anymore. Even like America's funniest home videos, as oh, simple I as that. What
1: you're talking about when people fall and you're like you take that on. Yeah, I I, like, I, I literally sometimes yeah. feel like I can feel it, and we were just thing. watching
0: it last night what's wrong, dad? Like, oh, they're like making fun of dad because dad's like this big guy. And I'm like, I physically can yeah, feel what's going on exactly. because I've had ACL surgeries on my knees and I've had back injuries yes. from, from sports. I'm like, I know what that feels like. That person's hurting right now. We're right. laughing our asses off at them.
1: Right, exactly. And that's my
0: point of view on it.
1: Yeah, no, that's common. I forget. There's a term for that for what you just explained. There is a term for that.
0: We'll find and it out. When
1: a human being sees another human being enduring pain, they can you know take it on and it's yeah. healthy. That's what charges us. That's, that's how I know I'm them. I'm
0: changing inside, yeah. going yeah. going into that, which is cool. Oh, amazing! All right, I have a, I have a whole heap of avenues I want to migrate okay. to a little bit. You deep rooted yourself. Okay. You found out where all this stuff was coming from. You used a medium uh, through ayahuasca. You, it was very successful. Yes. You brought on board for your life, a, a life coach. Uh, yes. Dominic's here, by the way. Yeah. Appreciate him.
1: He's the best. Yes. Anyone looking for a life coach. Top of the line life coach, actually.
0: Yes. yes. So you, you've actively made all these changes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about the flip. Okay. Okay. So when did you know you're onto something? Not that don't talk about yourself, but what were the things that you were seeing on your actionable things that you were doing on the daily that were causing you success?
1: What I couldn't do before Mm -hmm. I realized is like the key to success. Take full 100% accountability for everything in your life and watch how quickly you can start to move things. So instead of, you know, oh, this client hit me up. They want to reduce the contract. They want to, oh, I'm going to feel like a victim. Like, oh, we're doing such a good job. Why are they pulling away? What? No, just like, okay, I'm in control. I'm responsible. I'm accountable. What can I do today? What actions can I do today to get that contract back up so that they continue, uh, using our services? Just things like that. Like I, I was in such a helpless state before I couldn't do that. I genuinely just didn't feel like I had the ability to make moves and be capable of things. Anything that happens in my life good or bad, I take responsibility for, it. I look at how I showed up, what did I do to contribute to this? Easy with the good stuff, right? It's right. Easy. Hey, I had a record month for sales. That was me. Of course, it was me. You take responsibility, you know, but it's harder with the bad stuff. My boyfriend cheated on me. Okay, my friend is mad at me. These, Those are the things where we really want to play the victim, which I get it. No one should cheat. But at the end of the day, what did you do to attract a partner that would disrespect you like that? What vibration were you radiating into the universe to create that reality? Or
0: what questions or fulfillments are you not giving them?
1: Exactly. See, yeah. those are the tough conversations. Those are, that's the route people don't want to go. They'll, they'll take accountability for the good, but it's the bad that's really the key—is taking accountability for all the bad things so you can change them and shape them. And I would say I'm just really proud of myself for getting here. Like, I, I, if you would have known me a few years ago, I really was such a victim. I was just—I felt so helpless. I felt so powerless codependent. Now I'm just like, I feel like nothing can hurt me. I really do. I, I do this practice. bulletproof. Yeah. I do this practice even where I'm like, you know, if my whole business was eradicated tomorrow, my following got taken away from me or something like, how would you really feel? All of this is gone. All these external. Do things
0: they really are mean there. anything? Right. Is it's it... like,
1: who are you? You know, how do you feel? Are you strong in your core? Are you going to make it another day? And the answer now is yes. The answer is I've gone in. I figured out a way to be my own Energy source and my own source of self love. It's like it's life. Like we're all gonna die. Like who cares? You know, you can take it with you. At the end of the day, like if you are alive, if your heart is beating, and you got food on the table and a roof over your head, you're fine. You're gonna make it, right? But so many people have like anxiety.
0: Actually, I would even go further. Most, yeah. a lot of people, and if you look at the latest stats, what's happened in L.A. Mm-hmm. Who are going homeless because they were freelancer based businesses, in which LA. is which is crazy. A lot of these people have survived in the street forever. that's interesting, so let me take a time out real quick. We just going to make sure nothing's glitching here.
1: yeah, let's do it. How long have we been talking uh over an hour? Oh my God,
0: yeah, well, this is what I find a lot is when when people get going we it goes How
1: long are your episodes usually
0: forty five to ninety minutes Okay. because I don't believe in podcasts where you can actually get something, but there's only one person i I know that can do that. Mm-hmm. And, and i'll tell you his story real quick i don't know him personally i'd love to meet him but i usually go for the deep dive and divert and come yeah, back yeah. That, that's why we kind of been nicknamed the joe rogan for healthcare because ah, we, we go all around i do
1: feel a very joe rogan vibe here. and, and nice.
0: we got we come back Good. and someone turned me on to that i do like you know who else does that rogan and i was like oh yeah because it's just it's just that's, two people that's, talking
1: that's gonna be my model now
0: too yeah podcast. it's just yeah. going for it uh simon Ivanov. Has a podcast at 0.1%. Guy, his story is awesome. Mid to upper 20s. He became part of the 0.1% top of the peak triangle. And he came back and he goes, it's fucking bullshit. There's mm-hmm. nothing there. Right. And now he's just vomiting at the mouth on his podcast. But he's doing it in four minutes, eight minutes, wow. nine minutes. Because he's seen all, he literally has seen all of it. And I'm yeah, and he's like, look, uh, I was told a story this morning where there was a company called Luckin Coffee over in China, and they were on the Nasdaq. They were never more than a fifty employee company. And just so much just bullshit out there and corruption. And part of this is to flush it all out, right? Because I found some different gaps and some holes that I'm definitely going to go after. And I'm like, "Mm, Mm. we can do this. We can get after this and get it done the right way. Yeah, you know? I
1: agree. And, and just teaching people that it's it's all you, like you're all you need. I feel that from such a young age, we just program children to seek externally, you know, get good grades, have friends, be popular, you know, oh, you're going to want to get married. You're going to want to be a bride. You're going to want to have your own kids. Like you, you really don't need any of that. If we focused our energy on teaching people how to love themselves without all the external stuff. Hey, you know, you school could disappear tomorrow and you're still worthy or all these awards, all these external validation things could disappear tomorrow. You're still worthy. I think that's the reality that people are starting to come to. It's like, why are we in this rat race? Why are we doing all of these things? I
0: think people get in trouble. Like you just mentioned fall short is because of energy. Because people are so tired from trying to keep up or working so hard because things get so expensive and yeah. there's the amount of energy, they'll fall short of forming a really strong bond with a significant other because there's no energy left.
1: Uh, I love that too. Right? Yeah. I agree. We're way too busy. Because we're way too we're busy. Way too busy. A lot of these kids, that's why I made the post about homeschooling. Like, a lot of these kids are way too busy to even be kids. Mm-hmm. Like, they're bogged down with homework, yeah. standardized tests. Things are getting more and more competitive in the schools. And
0: system. I'm, I'm guilty like, of that. I am definitely guilty of that. I remember, yeah. I was, I was really, yeah, because I just recently told my daughter, and I, it was recent for a change to the one that is still a change. And I don't beat myself up, Bob. I just recognize that I had the wrong idea about it, mm-hmm. and I wasn't imagined in what the alternatives were. Mm-hmm. Okay, but my oldest she had uh, gotten to see maybe like a D plus a quarter before, and I was like, "Hey, can you get a b mm-hmm. Michelle has been on point the entire time. She's like, "Who gives a shit?" Really? Yeah, but it's not about. She goes, "How often is she going to use it?" And, right. and I, right, and in my head, I'm fighting right. with mm-hmm. the people, the adults in the past of saying, "You got to get good grades. You got to, you got to, you yeah. got to."
1: what's just normal what's
0: but i remember graduating college you know i graduated with advanced neuroanatomy and advanced camera chem- all this kind of stuff i fucking use them one red like, cent of a day after right. i've graduated from that course yeah. right i'm like so whatever you go back to my youngest girl if someone was determined they call it adhd that mm-hmm. kid is more creative and has more ability in her finger mm-hmm. than than probably right. half of her class That's how talented she is. So Michelle had a hard time because she had a tough time Mm -hmm. focusing on certain, but she's just not interested. She's like, I don't care.
1: Right.
0: It's not an interest. And that's
1: that's also the issue with the school system is it's like a one size fits all. It doesn't fit all. Right. Actually, for me, it worked. Like I was a straight A student. I didn't have to try very hard to get good grades. My teachers liked me. It takes away from the kids whose gifts are elsewhere to say, no, your, your gifts need to be here. You know, you need to get A's. You need to study. It's like... That's not true at all. There's so many different ways to nurture a child's gifts and Mm -hmm. and nurture their spirit. But when they're all thrown in a classroom, like this is the way – I mean, basically a curriculum that was designed for the Industrial Revolution and (laughs) is insanely outdated.
0: Prince EA talked about that. Yeah,
1: made to create workers. And I'm not saying there's not good discipline to be taught. Like I definitely – appreciate that I learned at a young age how to start a project and finish it to completion and get an A on it. Like, I think that helped me. You know, I, I, I see the benefit. It's just um, really narrow-minded. You know, it's not accounting for all different types of children, all different gifts. And I do think it's gotten way too competitive. I do think this coronavirus with all these kids being homeschooled, like they get to play. Yay! Yeah. Like that's what kids were meant to do. They're Plus the extra handle.
0: craziness. I saw my kids at one point get as busy as I was with video calls. Mm. I'm like, oh, how do you yeah. feel? They're like, oh, dad.
1: It <laughs> is. It is. I mean, yeah. kids, kids were meant to play and kids were meant to create. If you don't have time to be free and to play. You're not tapping into your creative abilities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also something people have realized the school system is kind of squashed.
0: One of the things you just said makes me think, uh, I always tell my kids, and this is, it doesn't come out daily. It comes out a couple of times a week, though. Finish what you start. If you're going to start something, mm-hmm. finish it. Don't stop. Just finish it. The sense of accomplishment. But
1: yeah, but like I I don't know. I don't agree with that, Scott. I quit things all the time. Because here's why. It's a good rule until it's not. Because what if they're doing something and they feel in their gut, I should really quit this. I want to like quit so I can refocus, try something else. But then that law, that rule comes in of like, no. If no you one called it a law. If you okay, you're right. It's always <laughs> shame the, Like that idea of like, no, if I don't complete this, I'm gonna feel badly about myself. Da, 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 that no. that's like, a I, key point right I, there. I think quitting yeah. can be good. I think quitting can be important.
0: How do you build grit? How do you build grit? And I'd love to hear what you hear on this too, a little bit. And I'm not trying to put two against one at all, but I would love to hear some different perspective on it because. I'm looking for grit because when shit gets hard, there's only one way out: is you got to fucking fight your way out. That's a David Goggins approach. And so when I say finish what you start, what I really mean is you're going to hit circumstances in your life that you're not going to have a way out unless you finish, Mm -hmm. and you need. When David Goggins went on his first ultra marathon, his small intestines were breaking down, his organs were starting to fail. Once he surrendered. He finished the last 18 miles. That's crazy. Right? Broken feet. What? Oh, yeah. If you you haven't read the book, book. it's unbelievable. can't hurt me. Humans are crazy. It's crazy Crazy. what he did. Language is pretty freaking colorful. And the first quarter of the book is pretty devastating. It's going to really identify, at least from one side of the story, what one person figured out that the human body is able and willing to do if you're yeah, okay upstairs greed. you know yeah
1: and I, and I do see how like quitting and not completing things you start is just an, another form of running away from things something gets really hard something starts to get really uncomfortable yeah
0: then you quit it could be going
1: through it it
0: could be analyzed as anything how i look at it is how do you build grit how are you going to get past something that you don't want to do for the most part
1: build that muscle build the muscle of yeah. discomfort of like Creating your own motivation, even on the days you're not motivated. It's easy to say, I'm motivated on the days you feel good. It's actually the days you feel bad and the days you feel like you don't want to do it That's when you really build the muscle of self-integrity of, nope, I'm not feeling great today. Don't want to do this today, but guess what? I already committed to it. I'm going to create my own motivation and I'm going to muscle through this. And then what that does is it you're communicating to yourself. I
0: think you you now agree with me.
1: I do I I think there's exceptions. I think there's exceptions to certain things. Marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you finish marriage or do you quit? Some people need to get a divorce. So, you know, it's just, yeah, it, just how you look at it. But you're there's right. It's the circumstantial. In integrity. Yeah. I think it's really important that people start to depend on themselves as I do what I say I'm going to do. And that was a big thing for me, too, last year, a yep. year ago. I was all the time like, oh, I'm going to commit to this and then I'll cancel last minute. I was, you know, not on time, like not not in my integrity. And I realized through one of the training programs I went through. Hey, you're constantly communicating to the universe that you don't do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. How do you think your own...
0: Do what you say and say what you do. It's the yeah. only thing that matters at the end and then, of it.
1: And then how do you think, Shay, you are um, feeling about yourself then when you set a goal, knowing this about yourself, that you don't commit, you don't follow through, you don't say what you're going to do, and now you tell yourself you're going to be a millionaire? You can't... You don't I'm actually going to be a billionaire. Yeah, and a billionaire. Yeah. Exactly. So... The more
0: According you- to Grant Cardone in one of his podcasts, he's I think it was who was on with the Jordan to him, Paris, is
1: broke except billionaires.
0: Right? Yeah. He said yeah. the new millionaire is the new middle class.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree
0: with that. I agree with that as well.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched that interview yet.
0: Like in his podcast, good. yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. Your business decided to really just kind of break out and spawn. And I remember when Dominic and I first talked, he's like, "Oh, have you seen some of the videos?" I go, "You can't not go on LinkedIn, not see uh-huh. her." <laughs> I yes, was like, yes. she's everywhere. You have great messages. You have great insight. Here's how I really would describe you you're putting the shit out there that people are thinking but are afraid to say.
1: Yes,
0: exactly. That's it. We both know Jonathan Palmar. His dad, by the way, is amazing. Not that Jonathan's oh, not, really? but his, yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll talk okay. about that a little bit. But he's. Okay. John um, works for me now. I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, cool, cool. He He called me. Oh, okay. Yeah, we spoke about it. Oh, good. Those guys are good guys. Really, really good <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. Did an episode on forensics and healthcare and hospitals. Mm his dad knows so much that, that went on, especially down here in South Florida. We see you all over LinkedIn. It's everywhere. What are the positives? What are the struggles? And then what are your internal issues with both? Because there has to be something still ticking inside. Although with, you, the, with the business? With the business, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. It, it's hard to have a couple hundred... I don't know how many followers you have, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's at least 100 150,000 followers that are mm-hmm. following you, right? It's, it's
1: like 270
0: now. Okay, that's a lot of people. Yeah. My number is... I think 5,000 connections. I don't look for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And someone's like, oh, just connect with everyone. I'm like, "Yeah, uh, I, I, I can yeah, see the rationale. You should have
1: some standards for who you connect
0: with. One of the other posts you put up, which was really, it just, there was actually two that, that one was here and then one was here. One was like, if you're putting out shit, just stop. I literally thought yeah. you were like, yep. yeah. Scott. <laughs> I know.
1: People, people loved that one. That was like so many people. Yeah. I blew their mind with that.
0: I was like, yeah, that was I really, know. really good.
1: Because you're communicating the algorithm that you're not valuable. <laughs> so just stop.
0: Yeah, going. just like stop what you're doing. And I was like, there has to be a reason why she's saying that. That was one. And then the other one was, if you feel good intention behind it, do it. Yeah. D- don't be don't scared. Put that
1: filter on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Think, oh, but I can't. But it's LinkedIn. But, you know, professional.
0: Cause then, in the beginning, yeah. I was... And actually, I've, I used this before with some people. I, I promise you the question come on with this. Someone says, you want me to come on the podcast? For what? And I'm like, You have 20, 25 plus years experience and you're telling me you have nothing to say? I do what do you fucking mind? I'm like, hello.
1: People don't know their values. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing that I coach people on in my program. I, I teach video marketing, but I really teach confidence i mean and that's something that i'm going through you asked you know what are what are the highs or what are yeah,
0: the so, lows? so in your high and yeah. in your lows although you've mastered or working on your mastery of controlling your mental state day to day because it doesn't stop just because you figured it out what are your struggles with all the positive stuff and what are your struggles with the low stuff and how do you manage it every day my point of all this and the sum of it is you came from a pretty Tough background. You figured it out. You flip the script and you turn it into something. And you did it as a female with no reliability on anyone but yourself in a new state. Mm -hmm. And by the way, let's make a deal, Miami, which is one of the toughest geographical locations to do that. What's the special sauce? But there is no special sauce. Right. It's all that upstairs. What are you thinking when you're doing it?
1: You know, it's funny because. I was explaining the low points in my life earlier in this episode and how I felt depressed, I felt suicidal, I felt helpless. You know, I was not connected to any sort of higher being. And mm-hmm. I'm not religious, so I want to be clear. Like, I don't, I'm not part of any organized religion. I don't attend church. But it's really important to have a relationship with God or creator or whatever you want to call it. There, There's definitely
0: there are a lot of options out there.
1: Yeah, you know, and that to me is absolutely how I've gotten through how I continue to get through my day to day is just knowing at the end of the day, there's a higher purpose for me being here that I'm protected. I don't live fearing death.
0: Just death in general or death of something that you've created that dies
1: Mm, no like death in general like people live like they're gonna live forever seriously that's how people live they live like their reputation is gold perfect pristine never make a mistake never be vulnerable everyone love me love me love me because i'm gonna be here till the end of time and i need everyone to love me people live like they're never going to die I live like I'm going to die. Like, I embarrass myself. I say things that are controversial where people are going to send me hate mail for it. If I really believe in my heart and in my connection with spirit God that it's the truth and that it will leave this planet a better place, if I say it, I will say it knowing I'm going to die. You know, do I, do I really on my deathbed want to be like, oh thank God I have this good reputation and everyone loves me. You know, it's so stupid. It's like, th- these are the change makers of the world, the truth seekers, the people that are willing to get real, that are willing to get beat up a little bit. And I think that I've just gotten so used to that role. Like you laid out the process of my life. I already was like that growing up in my family. I was really outspoken. I was the black sheep. I was the threat to the family secret. So I was scapegoated. I was shamed. I, wow. I had to get through that. But I knew when my guts went was wrong. I knew in my guts when I was wrong. I knew it was like, okay, I can shut this intuition, this feeling down and just be fake and be the girl my mom wants me to be so I can fit in with the family and have this surfacey comfort. Or I can listen, I can go the path less traveled that's painful that, you know, you face a lot of rejection. I can go that route and I can see what's there. I'm just going to see what's there. And I just kept going. I just got used to building that muscle. I became a musician, a lot of rejection in the entertainment industry. I just got used to putting myself in the face of rejection. If I was following my gut and if it was in my intuition telling me, Hey, this is the right thing for you. This is what you need to do. Do it. And now I know after getting through all those bouts of depression and that darkness and being disconnected from God and my higher self Now I know and now I see it as, ah, there was a higher force driving me all along. There's someone Mm. working through me. And again, like I don't go to church. I don't read the Bible. But I do believe that I came down here to this planet for a reason. And I'm going to do whatever I can to let the divine work through me. And the best way to do that as a human being is to listen to your gut. What does your intuition say? What's really right? You
0: know, it has a brain, right?
1: Yes, yeah. and it has
0: a brain. And it has a, yeah. brain. It has a brain. I learned that. Actually, you, the brain in your belly is a thousand times, if not more. So it. this is where Naveen Jain and all that, because they figured out for people who truly follow their intuition and their gut instincts. Mm-hmm. And one of the books oh, that really resonates a lot is uh, Maximum Gladwell. And if you've ever read the book Blank, I read it a long time ago, usually figure things out. And when you think about it, for the most part, unless it's complex mathematics, or some kind of equation that, you, that needs process, okay? If you can look at something, you know within less than an eye blink, something's fucked up.
1: Yes, yeah. They've done these studies now where they have like a computer screen, and they're about to show you an image of a dog or a cat, and they they connected. This was in the um documentary. This is old now. It was like released 2013, but it was called I Am.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 the yeah. documentary. I watched it.
1: it. Yeah, they, yeah, they did that study in there where they connected to the head, and they said that, before the image even popped on screen, they were starting to go. Which
0: is funny because a week ago, it was re-promoted on Google Play as one of the options. But we also yeah. did just watch Bruce Almighty. He, he was the producer of that. Ah. and oh, he uh, was? Yeah, Bruce. Jim Carrey was? No, the, I forget the gentleman's name. But the gentleman who. Oh, the guy.
1: Yeah. He yeah. worked with Jim Carrey a ton.
0: He was the one who he got in a massive bike accident, a coma. Yeah. All that. Right. I remember watching right. it. He and it was, was cool. pretty inspiring. it yeah,
1: was a really beautiful but yeah, you know, just work on yourself. Anyone listening, trying to level up, reach your goals, work on yourself, turn it inward, stop projecting, trying to control the environment around you.
0: Someone has a tendency of having anger or just they just don't respond well. What do you, What are your recommendations to them?
1: Work on yourself. Go try ayahuasca. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, that was a big issue with me too. I was very reactive. Right. That's what I'm saying.
0: If if you're reactive, you are a a time bomb waiting to go off.
1: I was like, yeah, I I was really there. Yeah, you know, I would say just ask yourself what's really going on. You know, see if you can do some digging on yourself. Rigorous honesty. You know, I keep saying that phrase. Be honest with yourself. What's really bothering you here? What's the root cause? A lot of people lie to themselves. They say that they're angry reactive about things on the surface, but it's actually something underneath. Go digging, you know, get a therapist, get a life coach, read books, go digging. And if you still feel like you can't locate it, you just have no fucking idea why you're angry and you can't figure it out, then yeah, maybe go try plant medicines in a controlled medicinal setting with a shaman. That is a way to figure it out quite quickly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I literally cannot wait for sure. So I've three ending questions always. You're a very busy person, uh you're a very successful person. How do you educate yourself? What books are you reading?
1: Mm, gosh, you know, I mainly talk to people. I do read books and I have a couple of uh, the surrender experiment is one I'm, I'm going through now. It's a really good book. Anything personal development, anything spiritual, I will read. But I, I really just talk to people. I listen. I take things in. I do all my... Analytical decision making based on the environment, you know, mm. based on what I see real time happening. And I'm really good at just human behavior. You know, I started to study human behavior un unbeknownst to me as a small child in my home because my parents were narcissists, everything was about taking care of them, anticipating their needs. What's gonna happen next? What's gonna like I became really smart actually from growing up in that household because I had to anticipate all of these moves. So I, I understand human behavior more than most people. I think that's why I can pick up on like, she's actually yeah. upset right now. Like, what do you mean? She said she's fine. I'm like, no, she's upset. Like I, you know, I can like see these things. <laughs> I would, I would just say talking to people, I'm very social. That's kind of my energy. That's how I receive. That's how I learn is talking to people, uh, people who are more educated than me. I just reach out. I just humble myself. Hey, I'm, I'm looking to learn more about this. Can you tell me I mean, that's essentially what happened with plant medicines. Call someone who's done it or a a shaman. Like, hey, can you tell me about these medicines? Like, what are they? Well, why are they illegal? What's going on? You know, like, just just ask questions. Be curious.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a big word. Be so, so
1: curious and don't get caught up. This is the big thing, Scott. Do not get caught up in needing to be right. I
0: know we talked about it really early on in the cast. I haven't mastered it. Mm -hmm. But I'm very quickly moving towards... There is no right or wrong because I know shit. I love that. I know shit.
1: There's no right or wrong. It's not. Here's what it is. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about, is it effective? So don't ask, is it right? Yeah. Is it wrong? Is I can see that. Yeah. That's another way to look at it. But being wrong is so humbling. Actually, when you finally admit you're wrong, like I did with my victim mentality. No, I'm not a victim. What do you mean? No. It's like, I'm wrong. You but know that but I adopted so the
0: liberally. point. I did adopt the point where, and pretty wholeheartedly where, and let me give you this example i've said this before is just graduated just about to graduate northeast i'm talking like there's days left okay and my final projects my final thesis paper i'm about to hand it in went to northeastern university in boston walked up in the snell library fourth floor brand new building not not recently but it'd been there for a few years remember microfiche where you had to scroll through where all the that that's before like okay so so microfiche is Think of I like
1: was born in ninety two. So, so think of know. think of
0: eight millimeter, right? Okay. And it's a newspaper, a little you can roll through, and you you'd have to print them out and stuff like that. So the, oh, I read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to go to the fourth floor to go look at some microfiche and some some news articles just to reference the sources on, right, on my right. paper. So I'm looking there, and here I am. I'm thinking I just graduated, just got done playing division one football, and I'm like I'm feeling pretty good about myself, and I need to know this much information. And then I walk into this floor and I don't know what it was, but it was like hyper zoom. And I just saw all these aisles and all these books. And I was like, I'm really freaking stupid. Mm. So when I go back to what I just said, I really don't know anything. Yeah. I know shit. Yeah. I think yeah. I do. All I project is the good energy, right. but is what I know is all of what have my experience has been thus far.
1: Person who knows something knows that they know nothing at
0: all. Yeah. One of the things I've, just really accepted and got through that i don't really care anymore as opinion i'm like okay whatever it's my opinion
1: and it goes back to the deathbed thing people acting like they're going to live forever right like why do you care about opinions you're going to die they're going to die the person whose opinion you're yeah about, exactly like, they're just it's going to be gone it's a fleeting moment mm-hmm. to exist
0: podcast what podcast you listen to a lot of people on this show they rely on podcasts because they don't have time to sit down and read yeah, hardcover. No, I
1: love podcasts too. I'm, a, I'm an audio intaker. I got to plug my favorite Go. podcast about narcissism. It's called Narcissism Recovery Podcast. Okay. It's actually hosted by a friend of mine, Yitz Epstein. I found the podcast when I was going through a breakup with a very narcissistic partner the the podcast supported me a lot and I just kept listening to it I actually ended up reaching out to him because his podcast was so insightful I hadn't like met anyone who had such a progressive view on narcissism because I had studied narcissism a lot with my family and everything so him and I connected he actually ended up coaching me he's also a life coach and we've, like, super bonded ever since his show is like, totally taken off. So definitely check out Narcissism Recovery Podcast if mm-hmm. you want to learn more about narcissism, how to spot it, where it shows up, where it shows up in yourself, which is most important. That's my favorite. I do love Joe Rogan. Um, he's one of my favorites. I love being your guest on do you, do you listen
0: to listen, uh, Tim Poole, if Have you haven't checked him out at all? No. He, he's political. I don't talk about politics in my show because it's a deep dark hole. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> it, it's like it's really, really dangerous to know, go there. It's so crazy. And not because of like what it does after, it but it's to so many different points of view. I mean, and you so there's dangerous. no way to tackle But
1: even that, like even you saying like it's so dangerous to go there, like that's like that's a point to be discussed. Like how well, sad that is that, that we, way. Yeah, divide and conquer. People, we've gotten to the point where you can't even
0: Which is just proof that people if they would just be that discussion right. goes away. Right. That's simple. Just, if
1: they would just have more acceptance for people with different opinions of them. Mm-hmm. I get it. You have these strong opinions about the way things should be. But like just try to, you know, practice calm and peace and acceptance for someone that has a different viewpoint. Like, okay, that's them. That's me. Again, heart beating, uh, roof over the head, food on the table. Like you're fine. You good. You're you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Final question. Yes. Final Ready? Question. All right. Let's the do. final word is yours. What do you want to say?
1: Do what you want, you know, just, just do what you want to do with your life. If you feel unfulfilled and tired and like you don't have enough energy at the end of the day to be happy or, or get, get done what you really want to get done, chances are you're living for someone else. Chances are you're living for other people. You're living up to an expectation that someone else set for you. Life really begins when you start honoring your own purpose and your mm, own well truth yeah so just take the leap you know it's not selfish it's not wrong to go for what you really want to go for just do it too many people out there are living for other people be the example you know start doing what you really want and that's when you're going to find the true fulfillment in life
0: awesome hey everyone this was a long episode for sure i feel this conversation keeping going on for a couple hours uh, I'm your host, Scott Burgess. This is Healthcare 360. In front of me, we have Shay Robottom. You can find her at SheaRowbottom.com. She is all over LinkedIn. Uh, her Facebook page is also growing. Her YouTube page is also growing very much. Instagram, she's all over social. She's doing an unbelievable job with the intent of just finding her true self. She worked on herself first, and then everything else followed. Shay, can't thank you enough. Thank oh, you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Scott. For having Welcome. Everyone, we'll see you the next one. Take
1: care. Thank you. Yay.
0: It was amazing to have Shay join me in the Healthcare 360 studio. And I sincerely appreciate Shay's willingness to share her story, be vulnerable, and talk about how she overcame her personal struggles and how she landed on top. If you like Healthcare 360 and enjoy the conversation, please share this podcast and give us a review. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you enjoy listening. If you want the conversation to continue, you can find us on Instagram at Scott e. Burgess or ScottEBurgess.com. If you'd like to have a conversation or discuss a topic option on Healthcare 360, please look for the calendar link in the podcast notes below, and let's set up the time to talk. I hope this conversation empowers and educates the HC360 Nation's best and brightest, and I look forward to building our relationship. Thanks again. This is Scott Burgess. And from all of us with the Healthcare 360 team, we'll see you next time.